Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Welcome again, guys, to another episode of the Nickish Show. My name is Mo. I'm here again with Nafi, and uh, you know we're still in the midst of a pandemic, and we hope that all the listeners are remaining safe and smart. Please continue to wear your masks and wash your hands. It's at this point, it's not just a point of safety, but it's really just a matter of respect and the well-being of those around you. I don't know what it's like in D.C., bro, but in New York, dude, every like you see more and more people not wearing their masks and they're chilling outside. Yo, I mean, first of all, you know, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a minute since we recorded. I hope you're doing well, holding up all right during the midst of the chaos, both, you know, pandemically speaking and, you know, historically speaking, what's going on in our nation. You know what I mean? So I hope you're holding up. Right. Hope your mental is all right. You know what I mean? Mental health. It's a tough time out there. Uh, we was just talking offline that, uh, yeah, we both fucking work as being a bitch for both of us. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, uh, we both in that struggle. But, um, yeah, I mean, pandemic happening uh, out in D.C. right now. Um, I, I haven't been out in D.C. since, like, my, my, my job made me just, like, you know what I mean, work from home. But apparently, like, some folks in my team that live in D.C. are just like, yeah, folks who just stopped caring about the mask and social distancing. Like, there's still folks out there with masks, but it's just like, you know. They they just you know they just want to opt out of the pandemic like mm-hmm. nope do not <laughs> do want do not want to participate you know what I mean let's fuck that so you know I, my thoughts are well established you know like there's a lot of stupid people out there and um yeah our nation's paying the price like oh well I mean people come here for basketball um but before we do pivot to basketball I know you know you wanted to kind of bring up a, kind of a continuation of our last conversation in our last episode mostly addressing you know the South Asian community. Um, things have transpired, obviously, um, at least on the home front in New York City. I know I'm not out there, but you've been filling me in uh, when you can. So if you want to kind of, you know, take it from here, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's get it. Yeah, I mean, you know, while this is a basketball podcast, uh, many of our listeners come from come to this as like a point of escape uh, from all the shitty things that are going on in the world. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, but at the end of the day, this, it's not something that should be ignored. And I think it's important for you and I to address it while we do have some form of a platform, uh, especially as, you know, two men of color. And for the listeners here, you know, this is important for the listeners here who are here just for the basketball talk and the NBA talk, you know, feel free to move on. We have, we always have timestamps in our show notes and uh not always we be getting lazy sometimes bro yeah, let's keep it real I mean, <laughs> uh, no we got you this time though we almost got you always time stamp almost time. I, I would say 75 percent <laughs> of the time every every you know three out of four episodes you'll see the show notes on it uh go ahead and feel free to move on we will talk about Knicks and we will talk about the nba we're, we're restarting soon so uh go ahead and check it out um but in the meantime we're gonna we're gonna get started on these important crucial topics that are affecting us locally and you know and you know throughout the country um our previous episode if you haven't checked out highly recommended we do go over some of the the movements that are going on and uh it highlights our main points and ongoing support for our black black brothers and sisters and the black lives movement 
which we're seeing today still has a solid amount of work uh, ahead of themselves. So the officers of Breonna Taylor, we have to name them. Uh, what, are, what, are, what are their names? Jonathan Mattingly, uh, Brett Cosgrove, no, Brett Hackinson and something Cosgrove are still roaming free today. These dudes have not yeah. been arrested. They made a whole law named after Breonna Taylor, but they haven't arrested the guys who are responsible for her death. They shot her eight times and no arrests yeah. have been made. Time out, you know how fucked up that is? My, this, this piece of shit could be fucking sipping a pina colada on a beach chair somewhere, and, like, he sees an alert. Oh, new law in Kentucky named after him, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so what? You know what I mean? He's not getting held accountable for what the fuck he did, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace. Also, rest in peace to George Floyd, which is rest in peace to Ahmaud Arbery. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to interject and say how fucking ridiculous it is that, uh, that motherfucker and all those other motherfuckers that took that that young lady's life are still fucking free. You know what I mean? Like, fuck them. Fuck so, them all. Yeah. And they are posting it. Yo, and what you just mentioned, I don't know if you've seen the post. There was an actual post like that. One of these guys posted with two women. They're like, yo, I feel so free right now. I'm, I'm feeling good right now. Dude's on, va- uh, dude's on vacation at a beach while he, he he's responsible for the death of, of a woman who committed no crime. Did not deserve yeah. it the slightest bit. There, there haven't been enough actions to defund the police. Even in New York City, where it's a blue state, you'd expect some, you know, some more traction. But politicians, De whether Blasio, yo, De Blasio is basically the police union's bitch, bro. Like he, he you know what I mean? He is. Like Eric Garner, that tragedy happened under his watch, and he fucking cowered like a bitch back then. So I knew, I knew what time it was as soon as the shit started popping off in New York City and on this movement and started happening. I was just like, yeah, De Blasio's gonna cower like a bitch that he always is. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's like no shit. Like, it's just wild. It doesn't uh, matter whether it's a blue state or a red state. Politicians are not are not making the right moves right now. Minnesota is a blue state. You know that's where George Floyd was murdered, and uh, it's 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 yeah. a damn shame. And it's, it's a heavy topic. And it's, if I feel heavy, I can only imagine how it feels for you know our black brothers and sisters who have to experience this kind of shit daily. There's a woman in Long Island right now. Uh, I think Valley Street, her name is Jennifer. She... I've seen the... Uh, have you ha, have you been following that? Yeah, yo, I saw last night your baby product. Dude was just like, yeah, the crib homies from Queens yeah. pulled up. I was like, yo, yeah. good shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, good fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> them white people ain't gonna come out and fuck with them. I know that for a fact. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Her racist-ass fucking neighbors. Like, yo, it's wild, bro. I'm glad all this shit is, like, being put out there publicly. Like, fuckers are being held accountable. But, yeah, not to... It, uh, I, I love to see the community standing up for her. There are guys who are sleeping outside of her house, on the street, on lawn chairs, good whatever, mm-hmm. making sure that her neighbors don't fuck with her. So, good shit to those guys. And the police aren't going to help her. So, at this point in time, average men and women have to do what they can to help out. And uh, there's obviously so much more that we can do and yeah. we should do there are always petitions to sign there are always donations to be made so i i hope that you and i and all of our listeners uh, and you know people of color even white people help out to the best of their abilities again to the listeners this isn't a political podcast we're no experts on the topic that we're talking about but really at the it's end, not even it, politics bro. we're it's humans human yeah rights, human right? humans rights that's that's it all we want equality at play i had a, i have an unnamed cousin that um I'm not gonna mention his name. You, you, you. Don't, he's not one of the cousins I fuck with like that. But uh, unnamed, this dude was just like said about me and uh, my bro. Actually, was just like, oh, you guys are like liberal in your views or some shit like that. I was just what like, what does that even mean? Motherfucker, I don't. I was like, motherfucker, like I'm, I'm just believing human rights. Like the fuck, 
You know what I mean? So it's just like a lot of people have that same mindset where if you believe in human rights for people or like, yo, taking care of our fellow humans, you know what I mean, taking care of the poor, X, Y, Z, you seen as political, like when it shouldn't be the case. That's that's the great con of the Republican Party. They politicize human human decency. Yeah. That's the wildest shit, bro. But yeah. All <laughs> lives matter. Of. All lives don't matter until black lives matter. So it, yeah. it really doesn't it really doesn't make sense. <laughs> you gave me a heart attack just now. I just heard all lives matter. Like, Whoa, hey, we're going to have to end yeah, this Yeah, yeah, I had, I had to fix myself. So wait, let me let me make sure I said, I did say it right though at the end. All lives don't matter until black lives matter. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. It's a, it's a heavy world out there, dude. And I'm mm. learning daily that there's more and more sh- shitty things about this world. You saw the case about the about Fahim, the, the Bengali yo, tech entrepreneur. The Bengali tech millionaire. Yeah, yo. Fucking tragic, bro. Yeah, he was 20, he was, it was his former assistant that you like know, killed him, right? That's that's the guy that they arrested, and most likely that mm-hmm. is the case. And dude, dude stole ninety k from his boss, from Fahim, and Fahim was starting a repayment plan. He showed him mercy, didn't report him, started a repayment plan to get that money back, and mm-hmm. he returned that, yeah, yeah. he returned the favor with a, a one of the worst, you know, gruesome killings I've ever heard of. You know, uh. Oh. When I saw his sister walked in on that, by the way, like walked in on like the dude actually like in the midst of finishing the job, quote unquote, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, good fucking God. And then imagine like, you know, we're both Bengali. You know, I can't even imagine just like that conversation where like the sister got to go back and tell the parents what she saw or what happened to her brother. You know what her mean? only like, brother. And she's the only sister from what I know. It's fucked up, bro. Like, yo, rest in peace to him, Fahim, right? Yeah. Rest in peace for sure. Yeah. Like, yo, I hope, I hope his family gets justice because that's, whew, you know what I mean? Like. And and if she didn't walk in when she walked in, the guy would have finished the job and he would have been he would have been missing for who knows how long too. Yeah, yeah. Um but poor you know, poor girl man. She's gonna that's gonna traumatize her for life. That's not that's not something you can ever forget. Um Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, aside from that though, to kinda of pivot to more depressing shit, if you wanna get get into that like this brief conversation about just uh the comeuppance that's like happening in the New York City with uh you know like a rekindling of the Me Too movement like you know, take it away bro yeah, yeah I mean and we're gonna and not not to you know diminish other other women's stories out there we're gonna solely focus on the South Asian community um particular that's community are we in that's I mean? co- like, that's community I, in yeah well we when I mentioned last episode it was like a family meeting you know what I mean mm-hmm. like so let's get it. <laughs> Well, when, when was our last episode? Two weeks ago. We, it's, it's such a delicate topic, and, and and yet it's so it's so simple. It's just brown men need to do much much better. And I, we we live in our own bubbles, and we assume that we all grew up the same way. We all have the same values. We you, you just don't hurt anyone. You know, peace, love, and positivity. To, uh, um, stealing that from logic, but. Don't don't mention logic on this podcast. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I get the Long Island suburban white boy demographic up in this shit, huh? Nah. <laughs> I'm not letting that fly. Uh, Just interrupt the serious moment. <laughs> you keep it going. <laughs> I'm more offended than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> God, yo, you ruined the mojo here. I was I I was really I was really focused. I knew what I was gonna say. 
I ruined the moment. My God. <laughs> These young ladies will not appreciate logic being brought into this conversation. Uh, oh, man. I, mean, I don't want to speak for a long time. Obviously, it's not a light situation. But, right, we'll, we'll talk about logic another day. I genuinely, I, I do like the guy. I liked his early mixtapes, but he, he fell mm-hmm. off afterwards. Um, Tragically, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, yeah, no, it's all right. This story, it's not, it's not, it's, like, I, I'm sure the listeners can hear that this is a struggle to really put into words how to do it. And there's a there's a young lady who wrote a, an essay a couple of weeks ago, I think. His IG handle is uh, Emancipation, I-M-A-A-N-C-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, we'll make sure it's in the show. No, she wrote an excellent essay that really thoroughly broke it down on what it is that, you know, might be causing... Um, these these brown men for making these hate or doing these heinous actions with the subtle misogyny and sexist ways about their words and how they how they just perceive themselves and others and uh you know nafi and i really tried to break it down last episode on our feelings on how brown men should do better and how they they must do better and i'd again i'd highly recommend you guys check that episode out again um and we're we're here just to regurgitate to you guys because it seems like, you know, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and we can and like not to interrupt, but I'm like just to kind of build off your point and like to kind of just really reiterate. But it's just like we're not trying to like we keep saying or like my like Mo keeps saying like go back to that pod because it's like, um, you know, we reiterate our thoughts there, we exp- convey it, but then right now we just be regurgitating the same stuff. And the biggest overarching point is like for too long like the conversation around rape culture both in and out of the brown community been dominated by males and men for for too long you know what i mean so like we're not going to speak ad nauseum about it and lecture about it because like right now is the moment to listen to the woman you know what i mean listen to the ladies and um yeah like if you want to hear our thoughts on it we we, we I, I stand 10 tones down on what i said last week you know what i mean like yo y'all gotta fucking tighten up like this read this uh, uh this young lady's post that i'm always gonna link and mention and just fucking do the homework dude like if you, if you need to deprogram yourself that's like that's like a prop that's a process you need to do on your own like don't expect these women to spoon feed you and like fix you if you're a piece of shit or a douchebag is a male which is too often too much of a, a theme in a brown community south asian community you know what i mean so like we got instead of, instead of enabling these dudes you know, y'all gotta like look yourself in the mirror look your boys in the mirror you know what i mean like you and i are just a couple of regular dudes we're not perfect by any means but we're trying to be fucking be good you know what i mean like and we all have our flaws, you know, like you know what I mean. But at the same time, we know right from wrong in terms of like what consent is, you know what I mean, what uh, victim blaming is, and how that shit is like should not be still be a thing, you know what I mean. But it, it it's rampant in the brown community. So right now it's just like we're giving the Cliff Notes version of that article. But yeah, check that out. Um, me and you, me and uh, Mo spoke on this enough t- last week, where we don't feel it being a true benefit for us to dominate this conversation further. But uh, yo, like. Yo, let's hold ourselves accountable as men you know what i mean in the south asian community and um yeah do some internal reflection and just like yo like tighten the fuck up yeah know? to an extent i i think there is some still some conversation that needs to be made certain mm-hmm. things that men just say brown brown guys you know south asian men just say they say things like yo she belongs to the streets yo she was drunk yo she wanted it she was this she was that and you know at the end of the day no means no and for girl is feels coerced or feels pressured into doing something that she's not comfortable in doing that's rape guys that that is that is rape 
And yeah. we're reaching a point right now, especially in in South Asian culture on social media, where it's getting tougher to really break it down and always be or put attention into those who are at the actual survivors. Um, mm-hmm. People are quick, quick to discredit anybody and everybody. And, you know, some of us yeah. like to think that as first generation Americans, which most most South Asians are right now, our first generation Americans, we think that we're more advanced than those who are currently still in the motherland or or our parents. But truth be told, we're not. Um, we yeah, are. Our, t- our culture is fucking remixing the same fucking song that yeah. like our parents and our fucking grandparents been fucking doing traditionally in the mm-hmm. brown Bengali culture, especially like, yo, women are second class citizens. And like, are, like to your point, like, yo, oh, she she belongs to the streets. She a hoe. You know what I mean? Because she like she happens to use her sexual agency. But like on the on the flip side, if a dude is out here, like just getting like just getting digits, getting girls, you mean bagging left and right, he's seen as a hero, you know what I mean? But, like, we still got this mentality where if it's a brown girl doing the same or a Bengali young lady doing the same, she's, like, seen as lesser as a human being. Mm-hmm. We Like, why is that still a thing? You know what I mean? Why is this mentality still a thing, dogs? <laughs> Tighten the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, smarten up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, our older generations, they'd they be quick to call a woman crazy if she wants to have a job, as an example. And I know that for or sure. Or pants. I've, I've, I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> And then, but over here, like, you know, guys think that just because they respect their moms and sisters that they're overall just respectful. Like, these these guys are just, they're, they're only respectful to mom, sisters, and women that they might find attractive. And in other case, in any other case, if they don't find a woman attractive, they're just going to treat them like they're, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. which, which, which shouldn't be the case. And... It really is a is a it really is a time right now where we should be listening to women and hearing their side and starting to say and stay silent and just do what we can and for guys who know better like you and I although we are not perfect to try to educate our fellow men and try to just call them out when necessary when it's needed if you see something that shouldn't be happening you call it out if you see a guy trying to pressure a girl into something that you see that she doesn't want you help out. And uh, just keep your eyes and ears open for for these kind of situations. And I, I'm I'm very glad that men are being called out left and right right now because it's going to make future predators think twice before they before they make an action. But it's unfortunately come to that. I wish it didn't have to, but it's come to that. And yeah, because yeah, a lot of times like people don't fucking listen until like they get fucking disciplined. It's like a fucking badass brat child. You know what I mean? Like you gotta sometimes like this comeuppance that's happening to these pieces of shit out here is just like it's like proverbially getting slapped as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. all right, now nah, I'm gonna straighten up. You know what I mean? Like we, this shit need to happen. You know what I mean? Like so, to your point, yeah, like this is hopefully this is like the start of a reckoning and like maybe we could, there could be some actual outsized change in our culture and you know realistically speaking. It's, it's like a generational thing I just said. It's like we're just remixing things. It's on our generation to make sure the next generation, like our kids and their kids, we don't be following through with these same, like, cultural, like, the tent poles and tendencies that have been part of Bengali culture. Like, yo, as a girl, you got to, anytime you go out, you need to be like, you can't show too much skin, yada, yada, yada. But, like, yo, if, if I walk out the crib in my shorts and a tank, you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, what is the sense in that? You know what I mean? Right. But, and, and you whatever. and I have so much more to learn, and we, we, we should always continue and strive to learn more. Uh, again, what Back. we're saying Back. is just a snippet of what's reality. Again, I would highly recommend listeners. There is a link on the show notes to uh, Emancipation's amazing essay. I would highly recommend it. Check it out. 
read it, learn from it, and continue to try to better yourself. I will always continue to try to better myself, and Thanks. um, Thanks. we gotta do what we can to protect our our our, you know, women, our our sisters, you know. So yeah. Just because it's to not your point. sister doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve to be treated equally and to be safe. Facts, facts. And to your point, just like reading that article and continue to keep learning. Let's not be like uh, to the dudes that we address right now in the community that feel like even a ha- slightly guilty. Let's not be some bare minimum ass dudes. You know what I mean? Like if you read that and you read it in full, don't let that be the stop or the end of your education. Just keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's more out there to read, more out there to learn. And like I said, it's about deep programming. You know what I mean? It's like a lifetime of like being enabled. You know what I mean? Within our culture, so it's like to unlearn all that is might it's probably like it's not it's not gonna be an overnight process. You know what I mean? But you got to do the work. You got to be committed to it. And yo, like like you and I said from the start, it's all about human rights, bro. Like last I check, females, ladies are humans as well. So you know they're entitled to not they're entitled to being able to walk around on the street without fear for their life that you and I share as men, especially brown ladies. You know what I mean? So Definitely. that's just, that's just my like kind of, I guess, exclamation point on that. If you want to. Yeah. And for any, for any of the women who are, who are listening to this, if you have your own sources that you'd like to share, please DM us anytime. Instagram, Twitter, we're available at Nickish show. Please DM us. Uh, apologies. If there's anything that we, we said that came off as ignorant. Again, we're, we're trying to do our best to learn. There are things that, that you know at, at this point we're really just trying to educate ourselves and we're we're no perfect but we hope that we we move the need a little further for all the south asian men out there and uh for all yeah, yeah. again for all the south asian guys listening uh we need to we need to make sure that we're protecting uh everybody and anybody there there is equality needed and um you know you know thanks for for listening to this little segment of ours yeah um, to close that out though, to like yo, like if you if there's any petitions out there, uh, GoFundMe, you want us to contribute to, just yo, like let us know. Like like my my co partner said, just reach reach out to us. Um, the Nickish podcast, like we you and I don't hesitate to donate when we to like causes we think are like right and need to be donated to. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. that's never gonna be an issue. So yo, we're here. Like if we if we got blind spots and like we have ignorance, like yo, we're willing to learn and fix and like contribute to. A better not only ourselves but the society at large and within our own little insulated community of like the south asians and bengalis especially like we're we're here to like even bit by bit even with the minor quote-unquote minor platform we have we're here to try to help in any way we can so like yeah reach out to us petitions gofundmes point us in a direction of like organizations that like we can possibly even contribute to or like you know give a shout out to you know what i mean yeah and our motto is to educate the masses we are part of the masses as well so we have to continue to try to make sure we we continue to educate ourselves on on everything and right now uh we can't just think about basketball as as a topic every there's so much going on in the world right now so many things need fixing so many people need help and uh we need to help we need we need to do our best as members of society to help them out as privileged men we need to we need to do better and acknowledge that we have that privilege yeah, facts, facts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to, you know, go off your point about, like, you know, basketball conversations are, like, secondary, obviously, with, with, that's, with everything that's going on. But, yo, to quote Macri, I mean, I may have mentioned in this last, but if we can offer just even a little bit of a distraction, um, because, like I said from the start, like, yo, sh- 
shit is so real out here like you got to do the mental health check-ins on your boat yourself and people you care for because it's like it's tough out here you know what i mean like there's a lot of real shit going on and those those people that are aware and actually try to care about like what's going on in the world it's it takes a mental toll like i'm not talking about the dickheads that are just living their life and not giving a shit you know what i mean like <laughs> those motherfuckers probably is like nothing is different like you know, they probably watch a little more netflix now that's just about it because of the quarantine but yeah i mean yeah let's uh let's uh give them a distraction and um to start off, you know, we got a couple of dicks related topics, but the biggest one that you and I, we actually put out our episode last episode right before the news dropped. But uh, worldwide motherfucking West is motherfucking second in charge of the New York fucking Knicks. Oh, bro. yeah. Oh, yeah. Motherfucking worldwide <laughs> West. This is the part where, like, in our pod, we play the Jay Z lyric mm-hmm. and then we go back in our discussion. But, like, yeah. <laughs> bro. Bro, like I, I got some thoughts. But tell, like, tell, yeah, yeah, no, tell us, tell us about Worldwide West. Who is this man, and why is he so important? Why do so many people think that this might actually be a legitimate part in the New York Knicks turning point? This man is probably seems like the OG of all OGs and the Godfather of all Godfathers, the most shadowy of all shadowy figures, figures behind <laughs> all shadows. You know what Any I mean? big like, decision, he's lurking in the background. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just like my first time I hear about him was the infamous summer of 2010, the LeBron summer, mm-hmm. is where he was the guy behind the strings or behind the scenes pulling all the strings. He was the guy that was going to decide, like he had a major part in everything, you know, in terms of like where LeBron would go. And he ended up in Miami. And then I saw GQ put an article saying, like, at that time, it was like he was the most powerful man in sports, but nobody knows who he is. You know what I mean? Um, in 07 or 08, I think Sports Illustrated put out another article about him along the same lines. The most powerful man in sports, but nobody knows who he is. And the GQ one in 2010 actually had some quotes from Wes where he's just, like, mad humble. He don't play it up. But everybody that ever talks about Wes, you, you see on the record quotes about him, he's that dude. You know what I mean? Like, I remember at the time his mystique in 2010 was crazy because I was like, me and my homies would say, like, who the fuck is this dude? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then you look him up, you see, like, in the, in, in the NFL in the 90s, the dynasty was the Dallas Cowboys. He's in every Super Bowl fucking celebration picture in the background. Who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the malice at the palace. He's the one taking Artes out of the out of the arena. You know what I mean? Like he, he does that. That was him. Infamous picture. That was him. Yeah. He's there's an infamous picture of him like with um, Artes, his whole jersey yeah. ripped it, it ripped and shit. And he's like, West is like got his arm around him, taking him to the back. Holy you shit! Know what I mean, I did not. That's that's something I didn't know. This man is out there like that. It is the reason Jay Z and Drake, the two biggest like rap like icons right now, currently shouted him out. It many many um you know what i mean like uh songs or whatever so in terms of that in terms of like notoriety i think it's, it's a game changer bro um um in terms of just like the appeal to free agents it seems like west got connections not connections you know what i mean like his connections got multiple connections and yada 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 you know what i mean like i don't know i mean i can't put it into words just the joy i saw when um that news just came out the blue. Because you remember it was, like, rumored at first? Yeah. And then they deaded that, they deaded that rumor quickly. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, Wes is not going to join. He uh, he wants to continue working in the shadows. There are some, cons- <laughs> there are some consulting uh, theories that he'll just come in as, uh, as a Knicks consultant. Yeah. I remember you and I were reacting to the news, maybe not on the pod, but we were just like, hey, you know what, this might be better because he could just tamper for us behind the scenes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like, nah, he'll tamper on the payroll, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and then you see all these, you know, as Knicks fans, we see people, like, we see things, surprisingly, 
thinks the Knicks do do get praised here and there. You yeah. know what I mean? So you and I have a tendency to put a lot of weight to like people praising whatever Knicks do. But then this thing, sh- this shit felt different just because you saw so many people come out like Jay Williams or like athletes just come out and say this is probably the biggest move the Knicks have ever made in their franchise history. That says a lot, bro. Yeah. Like I never seen that said about any other move. You know, it would be like, oh, props to the Knicks for hiring Scott Perry. He's, he's very experienced. He has a good reputation. But nah, we hired World Wide West. Motherfucker was just like, oh, okay, championship three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> possibly? Because it's like, this man knows everybody. You know? And then Leon, his client list is like, nothing else needs to be said because we touched on that. You yeah. know? It's like, you got LeBron, D-Wade, Carmelo, uh, Joel Embiid right now, Devin Booker, all that. You know what I mean? Or used to be because, but yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts. I'm ecstatic World Wide West just joined, bro. Like... You got anything to add to that? You join me, join me in my jubilation. Oh, I'm I'm so excited, dude! I mean, connections is really all all it is, and the New York Knicks at a point needs that. And Leon Rose, we thought was a guy who would get us those those connections, but we're getting him and World Wide West. Who who are we not connected to? So this this is important for the Knicks for a number of reasons. We're we're always at a loss when it comes to free agents. We're always at a loss when it comes to getting the best head coaches or assistant coaches or front office personnel. And when you got when you get guys who are as well connected as anybody in the NBA, that's a step. That's a huge step in the right direction. That's how you get the guys who will come in and make the right personnel decisions. You'll get the best players to come in. And we might be gassing at this point, or we might be saying a hundred percent. We might we, we, we might, might be, be saying hundred percent facts. Yeah. We might be understanding it, to be honest with you. The shit that you hear about about West, it's like, since this is technically old news, I would point like our listeners in the direction of uh, Macri put out a piece, Jonathan Macri of Nick's Film School, just like when the news dropped the next day. Of all the pieces I saw, his was probably the best in summarizing what it means. You know what I mean? This is like... Like we're basketball nerds, so we see the gravity in the situation. But to a casual fan, it's like, oh, okay, we just they just hired somebody for their front office. But like, not nah, if you're a basketball nerd, this is like humongous like i've been here at world wide west for a decade strong now bro this man is the knicks now yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy bro like to be honest and i was thinking about this he's like it might have been a blessing in disguise that like kd got hurt led to him not coming here you know what i mean led to like steve mills getting the fuck out of here led to leon rose coming here led to world wide west so what happens next it's gonna be major it's, it's gonna well, decide the rest of everything um Correct me if I'm wrong, but was World, was World Wide West, was he born and raised in New York? Um, That, I don't know. He, oh, thing is, I don't even know if, if that available, that information is publicly available. He's so <laughs> fucking mysterious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like he be, I feel like he's the type of dude that got like the superhero origin story. You know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How many favors do you think are owed to World Wide West right now? Um, Millions. Gotta be. You think he's ready to cash him in right now? Let me let me give you oh, let me give you a theory of mine uh, right now. I think he just did a huge favor for Jason Kidd. Uh, Jason Kidd is suddenly mm-hmm. getting all this, you know, pro- high profile about how well his interview went with the New York Knicks. I don't think he's going to be a Nick. I don't think he's going to be a head coach. But his profile, his stock has gone up because of this, and I think that could have been a favor from World Wide West. Boom, chestnut checkers, and then Jay Kidd is mad cool with Giannis. Boom, Jay Kidd puts in a good word to Giannis about like how nice the Knicks franchise yeah. is. Boom, we got the Greek freak. Boom, I put my dick out on the table and talking shit to everybody. Now <laughs> <laughs> to jump ahead of ourselves, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
man, this is wait, it's crazy. This this could yeah yeah. It's not, only, not to be like a negative real, guy, but I hope this doesn't like fall on our faces in two years when we're <laughs> we're just like yeah, yeah we thought championship in three years we thought Giannis I don't I yeah. don't mean I don't, oh, <laughs> I don't mean that I don't not, mean that yeah. dead ass but it's just like you know I don't give, I, I mean I didn't give a fuck when like the whole KD shit blew up on our face you know what I mean so this is just like yo it means something that Worldwide West chose to this is a man that carefully crafted and curated his reputation for so fucking long for decades and built these connections and for him to just decide to give it all up to go work for james dolan mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's major bro yeah that's like that in itself is like yeah the money was obviously probably nice because you know james Dolan got it like that but west don't need the money mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's the point that macri made in his article that really resonated it was just like he don't need to do this you know, he's doing this because he feels like he can make a, a change and like make moves. And you know, I for one, I mean, being a Knicks fan, you know, you and be you being a Knicks fan, I for one, hope very hopeful that he does make these changes. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> I really, I really like the setup right now for the Knicks front office. We it looks like we have two guys who are big picture, big picture guys surrounded by a bunch of nerds who know their craft very, very well. Uh, we got Brock Aller. We got you know a couple other guys who are who are hired. Um, <laughs> re- recently, they hired this guy Sean McLean. You familiar with him? No, but I was just reading an article how like he's just like he's basically bro- he's there to be Brock Aller's like computer nerd buddy. Yeah, you know what I mean, which is beautiful to me. Let them two just like work in a room together, come out and be like, okay, these are the trades that are get us under the cap or some shit or yada 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 X Y Z and or analytics, you know. And not only is he known as like. The computer nerd and like the analytics nerd. He's known as one of the best guys who is able to translate the analytics mm. into words in meetings. Yeah. And that's major. That's that's huge because you though you God God knows those guys are very uncommon. Uh, and you you need that you need that presenter. So on, you got the big picture, you got the nerds, but you got you need that middleman who's able to put to connect the two. And uh, it looks yeah, like Sean yeah, McLean's yeah. gonna be a big factor on that. He's he's hired as part of the Knicks strategy team. Yeah, and to quote. Like the snake Kevin Durant, he was just like on Twitter one day getting an argument with a basketball writer. He was just like, who the fuck wants to read graphs in a basketball conversation? You know what I mean? So it's like to have, bring in a guy that could translate statistics and analytics into just like layman's terms mm-hmm. and get these players to understand like, yo, stop shooting from there. You you fucking trash from there, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if some guy could come in and do that, which to me just seems like I could have done that job. Give me the numbers. I'll go to the dude like, yo, why are you doing this? Like, you don't have that move in your bag. Like this is facts. <laughs> so if this dude could come in here and to like do that beautiful you know what i mean and to round uh, to circle back to way back your mafioso point about leon rose and like brock Aller, be my point being him being the numbers guy west is the conci- is conciliary you know what i mean like in the sopranos you had tony that's leon and then you have fucking silvio boom yeah. that's my man west right there you know what i mean <laughs> like that's beautiful and then you got walt perrin that's paulie yeah you know what i mean um <laughs> who's scott perry you fuck- <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, Scott Perry, like, who's a character that was just, like, Tony didn't fuck with, and he was just gone after, like, one season? Fuck it. Uh, Ralph Cifaretto. Who? <laughs> Ralph Cifaretto. Uh, fucking Ralphie. Oh, yeah, yeah, The dude that dated Janice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came in. He had the reputation. I yeah. remember in the show, he was, like, a capo, but he ended up just being not good. That's Scott Perry. Mm. Scott Perry had a reputation. He ended up not being all that, you know? So, boom. In comparison works, bro. <laughs> we, got, we got the mob working and running the Knicks. That's a Nickish point of view, oh. and I'm, I for one, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mob dudes get shit done. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and it's it's good it's good news that it looks like after two rounds of interviews, it looks like Tibbs is at the front is is the front runner to get the job. And right now, he is the most high profile name that the that is available as head coach. And the Knicks being the Knicks, who have the most high profile, most well connected guys, it only makes sense that we get Tibbs. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, I think, like, the interviews are wrapped up, right? Apparently, I saw that are the Knicks. Like, we actually pushed back, like, draft interviews and draft meetings just to focus on, like, um the coaching. So, you know, I, I saw that, obviously, you touched on, like, J-Kid. Like, his his interview was so impressive. and it, Impressive. Uh, one, I saw somebody on Knicks Twitter actually brought up, like, yo, the same shit was sh- said about Kid when he interviewed for the Lakers job, too. So much so, he was so impressive that, like, the Lakers demanded Frank Vogel um, put him on the staff, which ended up happening. So I'm hoping, you know, Leon and Wes could, like, have, like, you know, the wherewithal not to, you know, put that on whoever we – like, if we hire Tibbs, I don't want to see Wes and Leon just be like, yo, bring Kid on because I, I don't see the point in that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, yeah, it does look like Tibbs is still the front runner. Um, so that's, to me, you know, I'm all the way on the Tibbs train. Um, on Nick's Twitter, I think the one person that's still campaigning against Tibbs is uh, – what's his face? Uh, Bootum. You know what I mean, yeah, uh, the dude that follows us, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, white boy, he's a, he's funny, he is, he's <laughs> even if I funny. disagree with everything, uh, he yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's a typical just troll, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see Schwinny Poo just like verbally smack him up all the time, yeah, like in the arguments, and he you know, give him credit, you still keep going back, you know what I mean? He's like a young Skip Bayless in the making, so props, you know, very entertaining, yeah. I'm mean, Boom's <laughs> a good guy though, he's with Posty and Tosi, and they, oh, yeah, like, he like, no doubt, yeah, he, yeah. at the end of the day, dude knows his shit, and we, yeah, for real, we yeah, can't yeah, agree yeah, on yeah. all ends, but. I, I do have good my respect for Budum. Facts, yeah, and he he gave us that crucial follow. So yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying he's a, he's a funny guy. <laughs> um, so let's yeah, so. yeah I I saw I've seen reports that uh from Ian Bagley that he believes there's gonna be a high vet presence next season, which mm, mm. you know we're. <sighs> I we're we're so used to seeing vets come in and not do a good job, but that's really what it is. We get shitty vets, and feels like deja vu. Yeah, feels like we deja had vu. A vet but present last year, yeah. we we just gotta hope that this front office learns from their predecessors and gets guys who aren't in it for their own bag. You know, we got guys. Or we get guys that actually compliment each other because like, right. I didn't see the reason to get us Bobby Portis when we had Randall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was the one, remember him and Peyton. Excuse me, were the two signings you and I both questioned right away. And arguably, those are probably the, the two worst signings, you know what I mean, this season. So, yeah, not, not to interrupt again. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, basically, a veteran team. I mean, I don't mind a veteran team, but as long as they fit, you know. So As long as they yeah, fit probably. and they're not they're not one-year deals are taking away minutes from our young core guys. Like, Kevin Knox should have gotten way more minutes than, than he got because Bobby Porter was on the court chucking threes left and right. Yeah, yeah. But then the thing about the veteran presence thing, and I feel like a lot of fans instinctually would, like, you know what I mean, be like, would react in a negative way to that news. But I saw, um, shout out to JB, who actually, you know, graced our podcast uh, a year ago. You know what I mean? Um, almost to the day, yo. School. I think it might have been almost exactly a year ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Happy anniversary, yeah. shit. But, yeah, we might need to get him back on. But, yeah, he came back to the Knicks uh, Twitter uh, game, and he's running daily Knicks now. He's doing a kick-ass um, job. Hell, yeah. That's, like, an indispensable resource. Like, you and I were just talking, like, mm-hmm. yo, let's just check out his timeline just to get a, a, a recap of the Knicks news just because, like, in case we miss anything. So, yo, props to JB, obviously. Um, major part of Knicks Twitter. I'm glad he's back on and active, you know what I mean? It, it was definitely – I felt like it was missing when he was, like, taking his sabbatical mm-hmm. away from it. But, um, yeah, he uh, he actually had some interesting set of twish, tweets just about um, what is the average age of, like, a player making an all-star team, you know what I mean? 
it turned out to be in his roughly 4.5 years. Mm. And then there are people out that to, to me that puts in context that like, yo, it's okay to have a veteran presence because like Knox is only going to his third year, RJ his second year, Mitch his third year. You know what I mean? So it's like 4.5 years. That's a long time. You know what I mean? And it's just like I've always believed that like you need to be patient with young players. I always thought it was like a three-year rule, but like 4.5 makes sense now when you think about it, like all the all-stars and shit. So I think it's good to have a veteran presence, and I think it's going to be beneficial because we've got a very young roster. Um, no matter how impatient fans could be, it's like check out those Daily Knicks tweets by JB. It's just very eye-opening. You know what I mean? It's just like you got to – we can't be too harsh. Like it's not good that Knox has been so whack the last two years. And I know last – or one of these episodes recently recorded, I said um, if he looks just as bad next year, I'm probably off the Knox, like, you know, hopeful train. But even still, next year he could be trash, and then his fourth year he could, it could all pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just how it works with young players. So I think we got to keep patience in mind, but – um, just hearing that we're going to be veteran presence and that we're pushing for the playoffs, like, yo, fuck it, bro. Like, let's do it. Let's get some veterans that actually fit our young pieces, put the ball in RJ's hand, give Knox some playing time, give Frank playing time, and just let's just go. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think, uh, I think honestly, along with Dennis Smith Jr., I think Knox is one of the players most likely to be traded, maybe even before the season starts, as, as from the young guys. Uh, standpoint, mm. it, it looks like he's not getting much love. I think it, it's gonna be important how he's working out, or, or he could be used as a trade chip for the Knicks to move up in the draft if they don't get like a top three pick or or, or high enough pick to draft Lamelo. And honestly, if he gets drafted to get that pick for Lamelo, I'm for it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I love, I, I like, I like the kid that Knox is. You know what I mean? He's, he seems like a good kid with, with his head on. Good his guy, shoulders, good guy, um, good boy, for sure. <laughs> but like, yeah, you're right. Actually, just noticing all the stuff, but like, and I think. What's important about this Knicks front office so far is it's like the leaks have been, I feel like, strategic. Like the message they want out there will get out there, but there's not going to be anything that's like that's going to get leaked that wasn't supposed to be leaked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like recently, to your point about like it doesn't seem like they're feeling Knox. On the other end of the coin, it does seem like Leon is feeling like Frank. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw I saw an article saying from Berman, New York Post. Um, he was saying uh, Leon was his former agent, and yeah, there was some hard feelings with Frank switch switch agents, but Leon is still a believer in Frank's potential and wants to work. Mm-hmm. to make sure he achieves that potential so but then we haven't seen anything about that about Knox you know what I mean in terms of just like stuff coming out about like oh like Leon is faithful in Knox but yeah I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if Knox is used as a trade chip um but then you know to be fair I don't know if we touched on it but you know Leon did speak publicly for the first time he had that interview with Mike Breen um and he did say some good things about Knox but but then again as a president he's probably gonna say good things about all our players right but you know, I did think it was interesting that he, he made it a point to say Knox is still young and he's still grown or something along those lines. Um, and he called Mitch and RJ our foundational pieces, so that's major, which, you know, it's it's good to see that clarity, you know what I mean? Like, I'm hyped, bro. Like, we've been, like, when we started this podcast, I said, yo, I'm cautiously optim- optimistic about the Scott Perry regime. Fuck the Scott Perry, bro. We got Leon Rose at World Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'm I'm hyped to hear that we're pushing for the playoffs, and I don't mind veteran presidents. It's just it's got to be the right veterans. And um, has there been any word like since like the CP3 and Gallo leaks? No, I haven't seen anything are? come through. Yeah, and we got the NBA season restarting in at, at this point. What three weeks? What what's the uh, what's the timeline now? Uh, I think it was end of July, supposedly two weeks, mm. but um. Bro, Florida is turning into, like, day by day, she's turning into a fucking catastrophe zone. Horrible. I just, 
Bro, it's like I know last episode I shit on Adam Silver too, but it's becoming more and more clear and like that he is he's he's so cushy with Trump's fucking son in law that um he's just literally doing this to like get sports out there to abide by Trump who like this piece of shit just wants to re- return to normalcy and like I saw some shit get leaked that like the White House officials, Trump especially not to completely revert back to political, but I'm just trying to circle back to Adam Silver. But I saw Schools? reports that um no, not even. The White House officials were just like, they're hoping that the American public just gets numb to the pandemic mm-hmm. and the coronavirus and just will slowly go back to normal life, at least through the election year, just so he could get reelected, you know what I mean? Just to keep the economy thriving and just like people would just be like desensitized to the death, to the fucking virus. And I'm just like, what timeline are we living in, bro? It just feels like a sci-fi movie gone wrong and... um. Not to completely go off the rails, but to bring that back to Adam Silver, it just seems like Adam Silver's being complicit in that bullshit, that agenda to, like, desensitize and normalize uh, living in uh, with the pandemic. And there's no way you can fucking normalize that shit, bro. There's no way you're going to normalize, like, a fucking uh, 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 an airborne virus that not only is a respiratory disease, but I'm seeing scientists, it was like a group of scientists, about 200 of them literally put out a report saying, like, we need to classify this as also a vascular disease, as in, like, the heart-related, too. You know what I mean? Because they're saying how they're seeing people, folks, that actually get over it. They're still having symptoms, like like re- re- like in related to their pulse. Yeah, it's not gone. They're it's breathing. Not gone. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. and then they, scientists are con- confused and fucking confounded because like it's an unforeseen like possibility of what these like long term effects are gonna be on folks that survive. So it's not even just about the death rate. It's about like you know, this is literally a virus that's gonna literally test the limits of the American healthcare system, which is completely fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna get off my soapbox again. No, I, I, I want I want to add on to that because I saw some <laughs> shit that came like an hour ago. They're really pushing for schools to open, but not just open. This is from th- I saw this on on social media. This is from a Fox post, uh, a Fox News mm. post. Ugh. They were saying that there are officials in the White House who want to not have all students go back at once. They want them to start going based on their race. Bro, I'm speechless. Oh, what the fuck? Like, based on their race, they want them to go back. Clearly, we know it's not the white kids that are going to be going first with, with the rich white kids who yeah, yeah. this 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 pandemic does seemingly doesn't seem to affect. It's gonna be it's gonna be the poor brown and black kids who are gonna have to go to school first and. They're gonna have to see what it's like, and these are these are talks. I mean, this isn't official, but the fact that this is this is even a talk. What sixty five years after Brown versus the versus the Board of Education, that this is still a talk that's happening, is God, what's the word the biggest... for it? What is what? Is, how do you describe that? Like unfathomable is not even the right word. Uh, unimaginable isn't the right word. It's disgusting isn't even the right word. The, the, the biggest thing I've seen about this administration since Trump took over is, like, they're literally the embodiment of the phrase, like, oh, they're saying the quiet part loud. As in, like, they're saying the quiet racism of the Republican Party is out there overt right now amongst the Trump administration. And, like, the shit you just told me and the shit I saw about how, like, the the head of education the fucking on the, in the United States, Betsy, Betsy DeVos. DeVos, she's a fucking idiot. But she was just, like, um, I saw a report saying she's been, like, diverting funds that were meant for public schools to private schools. You know what I mean? Like, which are predominantly white folks anyway, rich, affluent white folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're taking money away from the bl- public schools that have most predominantly minorities and black folk. Yeah. And then two, Betsy Devos is just like, they asked her about, like, can we, why, why are you guys trying to open school? They're just like, oh, 
with the pandemic, how are we going to plan plan for something that hasn't happened? We haven't had kids get sick in school yet. It's like, bitch, that's what planning is. You plan for shit that hasn't happened yet. What, how does that work? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to plan for, like, a nuclear holocaust after it happens. How'd that work? Like, bro, it's every day it's like I try not to get my blood boiling reading this shit, but it's like we're living in a simulation. Like, you, if you actually even in the least bit, least bit aware and care about the direction of our country and, like, the harm that's going on right now on a day-to-day basis, how can you not wake up and be depressed and, like, fucking have your blood boiling? You know what I mean? So... I don't know, bro. Like, we just went off the rails from basketball again, but it's like, yo, re- shit is real out here. It this is, is yeah. Off, man. I've aged at it's least five years off. in these last four months. Yo, dead fucking ass. Uh. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. We have never wanted the NBA to restart. You and I, I know I know for a fact. Love ball. Even, we love it, ball, but we never wanted it. We never, we, yeah. we never wanted it because this, this tends to be a distraction from real-world problems. It's a. It's gonna be a distraction for Black Lives Matters. It's gonna be a distraction that there's real shit going on, and people will naturally feel that exhaustion and want an escape for a little bit, and mm-hmm. that little bit is gonna turn to a lot more. And God forbid these players and their families start catching Corona. That's not gonna matter because the games are still gonna be scheduled, and they're still gonna make their money. They're still gonna be. They're still gonna be viewers and advertising and media and and the like you said it's the almighty green that's really really controls what goes on around here there should not be an nba season i don't i don't want there to be an, an nba season if, even even if the knicks found a way to make the playoffs somehow like the way the orlando magic are there i still wouldn't have wanted it if that that stuff yeah. doesn't matter all that shit is secondary to actual lives and actual people bro I just want to get through this pandemic just so we could get back to normal. New Zealand and all this, these countries that, like, took that shit serious from the start and did what they had to do to, like, ha- to have that short-term pain of, like, everybody locked down, everybody's, everything's closed down. They actually are, like, thriving now. Or, like, they just opened back up. There's no case of corona in New Zealand. You know what I mean? But America, being, like, the entitled fucking motherfucking nation that we are, did not do that shit. And with who we have in the White House, it's just... Bro, <laughs> I'm just fucking speechless, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Like, it's a wild, wild time. I th- I think that's the only thing that could be fucking said. It's just, I think what needs to be reiterated. Actually, I get just got my train of thought back just because like I get be so frustrated sometimes. I just lose my train of thought with the shit. But we need to fucking reemphasize at least in, t- in regards to the NBA that this virus is fucking not only deadly but like scientists folks that have more knowledge than you and i will ever gain in our lifetime are fucking confounded by this they don't know the long-term effects but they're seeing the effects still happening people that just got over it months ago and they're still fucking feeling the effects so how's it gonna be when lebron gets this shit in 10 years from now he has like debilitating lung cancer or some shit like that or a vascular disease we don't know but that might be a possibility i even saw a report come out that like this virus also was like like inflicting brain damage God, you know what I mean damn. and like possible long term damage to the brain so that's why I'm taking quarantine serious I'm not trying to get this shit at all cause like with how fucked up and to tie into like how fucked up the American healthcare system is imagine like all this shit happens and then they don't like the healthcare system decides that like oh if you did get COVID like we can't like you know what I mean like your rates are gonna be higher regardless you know what I mean like it's okay whatever whatever the fuck how it works it's just 
bro, like we need to emphasize that like it doesn't make any sense. Like why do we why do we need these athletes out there? Like imagine Zion catching this shit. I just saw he left the bubble, yeah. but like imagine a young superstar like John Morant catches it, right? They won't then, they're, like, they're not gonna be able to keep up with yeah, with, if, with the game next year, year after, who God knows how long. Exactly. Or like God forbid like a career is just cut short or like ruined forever because like he played during this pandemic because of Adam Silver wanted the almighty dollar. He gets that shit. His lungs is fucked up forever. He gets like, you know what I mean? Like, there are people that like young people our age in our 20s that get this shit. They're getting strokes, heart attacks and shit. That's being reported. That's scary, bro. <laughs> like, healthy people. I saw like a scary Twitter thread. It was like a writer that got the shit. He's like, I'm still getting over it. But it's like I notice myself when I'm just sitting at my desk. I'm breathing a lot heavy out of the fucking nowhere. My pulse is skyrocketing. That's scary as shit, bro. Like, you're just sitting at your desk and your pulse is, like, at a rate where, like, you'd be bike, riding a bike up a mountain. It scared the shit out of me, bro. It legitimately did. Like, I can't even imagine why, like, we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, this, like, rush to return to normalcy when if we had, like, competent leaders in place, competent leadership, motherfuckers would just be like, yo, we're shutting shit down. Federally, we're going to mandate people wearing masks, and hopefully in two months we could be done. Because Anthony Fauci said that's all it's going to take. Most likely, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've seen that. So, yeah. I'm going to get off my soapbox again. <laughs> if you want to take it from here. Yeah, I, what else is there to say? We're talking about the Knicks when they start, you know, next season. We're okay with talking about that. I, If there was a boycott movement for the NBA, I'd hop on it real quick. Um, I don't think there is. There should be. Um, and all, all we know is that this pandemic just exposed... This administration, this pandemic combined, has exposed all the shitty things in the world. Even even if that's this administration didn't last, there would still there would still be all these problems that people wouldn't be aware of or care as much about, and we wouldn't notice the corruption. But Trump is so that's the thing. Trump is so open about it that we know it's there now, and our eyes are way more open to that. We were we were in our own report, bubble. The corruption be reported for four years, but now this is like the pandemic is like at, at the forefront. It's like the people that wouldn't pay attention before, and there was a good bit of people that did pay attention, but then like there's still like half the nation fucks with Trump. And these people hopefully have their eyes open, but even still, it's a cult, bro. There are people that are still fucking fuck with him. You know what I mean? Like he did have that rally in Tulsa or whatever the fuck, and then it turns out like the goddamn governor of Oklahoma that was at that rally got the COVID now. Like pff, you reap what you sow. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean let's. I don't know, man. Like, this is heavy. I know. I feel like we covered all the main next topic we not wanted to, but um, listen to that pop smoke, pop smoke album by the way. R.I.P. Big oh, player. well, R.I.P. Yo, pop smoke. But yeah, his uh, his murderers got captured, and they're facing potential death, the death penalty, which you know, that that's a whole separate matter. But the fact that they're facing the, a potential death penalty, but Breonna Taylor's killers are still out there, is. Because uh, Pop Smoke's killers are black, and Birante's, uh, like killers are well, white Well, of course, cops. yes, yes. That's why one deserves to be arrested and the other one doesn't. Not it's, even that. It's just, like, why one has been arrested and why one hasn't. You know what I mean? Like, the system, like, ducks the accountability for these fuckers. But uh, I just want to bring up that, like, yeah, that album was very fire. It was. You know, obviously, like, I did catch that uh, his killers got caught. And, yo, the fucked up part is, like, exactly as I as I thought when, they, when he did get killed. And recipes, obviously, is just... The day he got killed, he posted, you know, obviously, um, him on Instagram with his homie, you know what I mean? And it turned out these dudes that killed him, it wasn't like a plot or conspiracy to, like, hit him. It was just like, yo, they saw the post, they saw the location on the post, and decided to rob him. You know what I mean? And that's simple shit like that. Like, it's just tragic. And listen to the album, like, I wasn't bit heavy on Pop Smoke 
know what I mean? When he was like alive, and that's on me. But when I was listening to his shit and I wanted to listen to his album, I was like, God damn, this kid was 20 and then like the talent, like this album would have like, if he was alive and he was with us and he put out this album, mm. he was going to take off like a rocket ship yeah. this summer, bro. Yeah. He was about to be exactly when New York needed his 50s reign. You know what I mean? Like we would have had like the top dude. He would have been exactly what I thought Bobby Shmurda was going to be. You know what I mean? Until he got locked up. Just like that superstar rapper from New York. You know what I mean? That puts on and just takes us back to the stage. The only person you could really qualify as that from New York right now is Cardi B, really. Yeah. And she got bars. I fuck with her. I fuck with her as a rapper. But doesn't she still owe? Fuck, doesn't she still owe like Bengali workers money? Isn't she part of the pay up thing? Is that Cardi B? I thought that was the. the, it, the, it's the definitely, no, it's stuff. definitely the Kardashians are involved. But I think Cardi B is also might be part of it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's part of it. Well, let's let's not let's not denigrate Cardi B. But yeah, this is the <laughs> moment. Like since we did address the car, uh, the, the South Asian community, like yo, fuck the Kardashians. Fuck the Fucking Kardashians. pay our people in Bangladesh, yo. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, yo, if you're listening to this and you're still following Kim Kardashian or any of the Kardashians or Kylie Jenner, yo, unfollow them, please. That's how they make their money. Just unfollow them. They still have 170 million followers. They shouldn't They shouldn't be having it. They shouldn't be exploiting the shit out of our people and benefiting from it, making millions, yeah, and if you, fake billionaire and if you, ass. Exactly. And if you're listening to us right now and you feel a type of way about going at the Kardashians, like, t- like shoot yourself in the head with a large caliber bullet because fuck the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Like, if you're defending them in any way. And you live in America, so you'll probably be able to find that gun somewhere. Yeah, just like, go to your local Walmart. You want, yeah. yeah, just go to your local Walmart, whatever the fuck. But um, that was that was an Entourage quote, by the way. You know, the shout-out to the great Ari Gold. I don't know if you... You, you watch Entourage? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. Yo, amazing show. Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta throw that in. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want us to close out, or... What are, what are you thinking? That reminded me of... uh. Other HBO shows reminded me of The Wire. It looks like we got Marlo Stanfield on the Knicks now for the Westchester Knicks. Oh, yeah. I've seen you fucking <laughs> bigged up our tweet from last time. Yo, summer. tell me now. What tell me he doesn't look like Marlo. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah. But, um, shit. Yo, if he's as ruthless as Marlo, keep just sign him to the team. Shit. <laughs> Marlo, yo, personally, Marlo is my favorite character on The Wire, like, ever. Like, there's a lot of good characters on there, but Marlo is my, like, yo, perfect character as far as that show. You know what I mean? His quote about how, like, with the security guys, like, yo, you want it one way. But it's the other way. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That's how it is in real life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nah, if somebody's yeah. wrong, it's like, no, you want it this way. It's not that way, though. <laughs> nah, my favorite line from him is, that's some Spider-Man shit. Who, Marlo? Yeah. He said that shit? Oh, shit. You don't remember that? Well, what, Omar, what Omar, jumped, Omar jumped three flights. And then when oh, Marlo yeah, looked, yeah. he's like, yo, he looked up. He's like, yo, that's some Spider-Man shit. Or, or when like they got they got robbed by Omar, you could tell everybody at the table was shook. But Marlo just looked Omar in the in the face, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I love Omar, but I knew right then and there Marlo was gonna get him. You know what I mean? He did not break. Yo, shit. We just turned into a wire podcast for a second. But yeah, if you haven't checked that show out, like what the fuck are you doing? We shot we we mentioned the Sopranos too. Check both them shows out. Like goat greatest of all time level shows, bro. Easily. I got back into Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad is an amazing show. One of my favorites of all also, time. Also, yeah. To me, I feel like it's up there, too, with them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, firmly behind those two. But um, you know what? I got a hot take. It might not be a hot take, but I actually finished Ozark recently. I'm putting that above Breaking Bad. Are you serious? Thoughts? I, I watched, I think, I don't, know if I, watched, I don't know if I finished season two of it, but I did pause on it because they got... It it, it it was dragging on, so I kind of stopped. I liked the first season. I thought I think they could have finished the show after one season, but then I thought season two was they were just they're just dragging it on. 
Nah, season two, what, what part did you leave off at? I, I don't remember. At this point, it's been two years. Nah, I would get back on that. You know what I mean? Because that's a fucking flawless show. I finished season one, two, and three like in one shot like a month or two ago. You think it's better than Breaking Bad? Oof! Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't, like, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, Breaking Bad's overrated. But I think it's a great show as well. But I think Ozark's better. Just because, like, I don't know. It just felt like every fucking, the, the way I put it, because I watched it with my girl, the way I put it was like every fucking episode felt like a fucking anxiety attack from, like, beginning to end. And that's a beautiful thing from a fucking TV show. You know what I mean? If it can make you feel like that, it's just like, it's so fucking, so much tension and stress. Like, amazing show. So, I know I'm not, you know, this little-known show called fucking Ozark, you know. Just got to put, we got to put on for it. But, uh, you know, if our listeners haven't heard about it. No, it's not, it's not that little-known. It's, no, it's pretty well. I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's, yeah it's, a fucking car, it's a fucking Netflix flagship show, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, shit, great show. Yeah, check it out. Do you want to close this out or if you got any other kind of? No. You want to get off your chest? We it's been a minute since we Seinfeld. Recorded, so. I I started from episode one. I'm on like halfway through. Oh shit! For I'm real? halfway through season seven now. Oh shit! Yeah. Yo, tell me not amazing show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I like, I subtle, like, I'd always watch random episodes, humor. which was which you know works just because of the way the show's set up. But what what a great mm-hmm. show! And I think I'm on season three. I I paused maybe back in January of uh, Curb. Uh, so let once me, let me, once I'm done with Seinfeld, I'm gonna get back on Curb. Yeah, I never even started Curb, and me being a Seinfeld stan, I'm just like, that's like, most folks are telling me, that's like a bad, that's a no-no. Like, how can how, I have not started Curb? Yeah, so I, I have yeah. yeah, you love HBO, too. Like, you have that shit on all the time. Damn, son, you in my living room like that now? <laughs> nah, you just say it. <laughs> I mean, they got good shows, shit, bro. Like, like, it's not like they got Netflix where they put out, like, ten shows and one of them is I. you know what I mean? Like, HBO don't miss, rarely. Um... Shit, what was that? Where was I going with this? What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Seinfeld. Yo, tell me not. I want to read your temperature on this. George is the best character on the show. 100%. 100%. That's what easy. does? Like, yo, that, yo, I, me, I, yo. Without hesitation, he is he is the best person on the show. So I think I think Jerry, like, acting-wise, he could have done a little better. Like, you could see him laughing at his own jokes sometimes while he's acting. Yeah, yeah. Kramer. Definitely in the early seasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kramer's funny because of his antics, but George is genuinely very, very funny. George is a brilliant character because, yeah. like, apparently it's based 100% on fucking Larry David. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... What I would tell my boys that we what we what we when we talk about Seinfeld is say, yo, George embodies just like all that inner anxiety of a fucking dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. To a fucking T. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like he'd be at work and he'd just be like pretending to know what the fuck to do. I was like, yo, that's me on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like George, best character of all time, I think. Like TV character, <laughs> or one of them. He's in the conversation, bro. Like on the on the comedy um, side, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 most definitely, because there's it, so many layers to him, and then, like, somebody, my boy used to tell me, he's like, yo, if you fucking love George so much, it's shocked you don't watch Kirby and your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It's basically, like, the way I saw somebody put it is, like, if somebody decided to make a show about just George, that's Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got to check it out. Shit, that might be next up on the start list. Shit. Yeah, the first season, I, I just didn't like the, the camera work on it. They made it very, like, home video-esque. Um, if that, if that makes it like the production is very weird, but you get used to it. Uh, but mm, the camera, okay. it, it really looks like it was like a home video and they're just kind of working off that. No, no, uh, laugh track or anything like that. Mm. All right. But I mean, I mean shit, yeah, sure. It it's, it's been like what? 16 season or some shit. Uh, damn. It, and then they recently made their comeback, right? I heard it was like a big deal that curb came back after mad years or whatever. Like last year or some shit. Maybe. Like uh, honestly, I don't know. I'm on season three. 
Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We both got some homework mm-hmm. to do then. <laughs> um, if we're gonna wrap this up, I did want to say, you know, rest in like I told you offline before we started recording, but yeah, rest in peace to the mixtape podcast. Um, to be honest with you, they were probably one of the main reasons. Like, I at least I got inspired to want to do this with you when you asked me. You know what I mean, because to me, they embodied just two homies just getting together with a mic in front of them, and just talk talk shit and like make jokes and. Um, those that aren't aware, it was basically, um, one of their co-hosts, uh, Tyler, who on Twitter goes by Troll Withers, who's probably the funniest Twitter follow you could probably ever fucking follow. Um, he recently left just because of racist comments from the Barstool CEO, um, Dave Portnoy. Um, so he just left, that podcast is done, so I just want to give them a shout out, you know, rest in peace. Um, great fucking, like, um, I'm probably the, obviously the bigger fan of the, t- of the podcast of, of, uh, of us, but yo. Um, you would speak to how often I fucking like circle back to just like the brilliance of the show and how they handle it. And obviously you and I will never do the marathon three and a half hour episodes, mm-hmm. but it's just like from their perspective, like I would listen to that shit and I would eat it up. And it was just like, I would listen to every episode and there were the one podcast I would listen to that for like, that would go on for three, four hours just because like, yo, it was laughs all along the way. You know what I mean? So yo, rest in peace and best of luck to, to the both of them. You know what I mean? Like, rest in peace to the podcast. They're both hell, healthy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Alive and well. Like a clarification there. I mean, Necessary. you know, like, yeah, I mean, we don't know about mental health, you know, everybody's got their own mental health issue. But yeah, they're they're alive, they're kicking. But uh, yeah, that podcast is done. Um, what they like to do during the end of each episode is they give rest in peace to like the various people they know or like that have like resonated with them personally. So their last uh, on their mixtape show like Twitter account, their last post is basically all the rest in pieces they did, and then it was just like see you guys later at the end. Bro, that shit hit me like a fucking sad Disney ending. I was like, goddamn, <laughs> I never thought I would get attached to a podcast, but yeah, just wanted to give them their flowers when uh, when we can. So yeah, rest in peace and uh. Maybe we can carry the torch and hopefully build it to what they were, you know? Shit. Um, any other final words or anything you else want to get off your chest? No, I'm good. All right, yeah. Um, rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. Brown dudes, train the fuck up. Read the post. That's going to be in the description, right? Yeah. Heavy times. Uh... <laughs> And, uh, yeah. you know, again, this we hope that this helped everyone who's listening be able to escape just for a little bit, even just for a moment. I know it's important to you and I that we record these podcasts just for our own moments to be able to escape and just let some shit off our chests. Um, and it's it's, it's yeah. always important to do so. Please make sure, you know, if you guys are listening to check on your friends, make sure everyone's doing OK. Uh, it's it's just a tough time for everyone. And um we, we we truly appreciate all the listens. We've been doing this for, you know, almost two years now was when we first started. We first started recording June of 2018. Uh, so it's been over two years since we started recording uh, recording, and we started mm-hmm. publishing our, our episodes out uh, start of the 2018-19 season. So um, yeah. we hope that, you know, things start to get better. We will, we're going to, we're going to watch the games, um, but I hope, I hope somehow, some way, they find a way to just cancel the season. Just move on, get out of the bubble, protect the players. But if they're going to go through with it, you know, we're probably going to watch the games and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Nickish Show. Nafi really handles the Twitter. Uh, I really handle the the Instagram. So um, 
just just so you guys get an idea of whose whose voice is going on where um and follow us and subscribe on spotify apple soundcloud we appreciate the listens we appreciate the support look out for each other look out for yourselves and uh try to try to do your best to stay positive but stay active and uh help out those around the world who are suffering because god knows there's so many people out there that are suffering even locally or even internationally we we never even mentioned yemen palestine being never being on google maps like they're being annexed Mm. like shit like that is going on around the world Bangladesh just uh is getting flooded uh i think 40 percent of the country is getting flooded people are losing their homes left and right and we're we're lucky and blessed enough to be here and just chill in our own rooms and talk but we gotta do what we can to help out those less fortunate and that's that's not just a today motto that's that's a fucking lifetime motto that us and to go off that and you know this is a, a a mistake on my part that i didn't mention earlier but yo we got to do say you know to to your point about yo let's just go out and change the world do what we can to play our part to change the world we gotta give uh, um um we gotta shout out or not shout out but just mention that yo rest in peace john lewis um mm. congressman mm-hmm. that just passed away absolutely civil rights uh hero um those that don't know who he is you know do do the homework he's like all those marches where martin luther king was at the uh, there, there's rarely a picture where John Lewis is not right next to him. Yeah. Um, for what I read about him, it's just basically he was he was the more wild one of, of the two in terms of just like what his incendiary like uh, nature to like addressing what's going on and um, to this like, it's just a tragedy that he died at he passed away at the age of eighty and like the what he fought his entire life for um, is still being fought for today. You know, so rest in peace, rest in power to him. Prayers to his family and just yo best way to carry on his legacy for those of us that want to and those of us want to actually see the change in the world just do what we can to contribute and if it's by any means if it's protesting or if it's signing petitions um opening up our pockets and our wallets and our purses to to contribute to you know worthy causes you know let's do it because you know like john lewis passed away uh, busting his ass just to ensure you know freedom for all and we not sadly we not entirely there yet. You know what I mean. So didn't want to say rest in peace to him before we close out because yo his his legacy is monumental. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, John Lewis. Um. <clears throat> okay, I think that that about wraps up this episode. Again, thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask if you're gonna go out. Try your best to quarantine. The numbers I expect will definitely go up back in New York. All these. All these Florida guys are gonna come back to New York and travel, and just we just want to make sure everyone stay 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 staying safe along with their families, and um, we hope that you know you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned in because we're gonna have another one coming up soon. Till then, peace out. Yeah. Peace.